Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance from London, from New York, from a snowbank near Denver. Our economic indicators brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Yeoman's Duty, Vinny Del Judice at our Denver headquarters with our economics report. Uh, uh, Vinny, 23 inches of snow in Broomfield out Boulder Way. Yeah, we're digging out, Tom. It, uh, they said on the radio today, fifth most snowy day in recorded history in Denver. So we're digging out. Let's look at the economic numbers, though. Negative numbers across the board on manufacturing. Durable goods orders down 2.8%, excluding transportation down 1%, a gauge of capital spending down 1.8%. Jobless claims, meantime, they're up a bit, up to 265,000, that's a gain of 6,000 from the prior week. Again, durable goods orders from February across the board, weak data, jobless claims, they're up. At the Bloomberg First Word Desk, I'm Vinny Del Judice. Let's go back to New York and London. Tom and Francis. Yeah, Vinny, thank you so much. Stay safe out in a very, very snowy and truly uh, the danger of a blizzard, uh, Denver. I would notice, Francine, the... Um, Revisions to durable goods were pretty moldy. I mean, it, it, it's somewhat moved the market here. The 10-year yield drives lower, 1.8683. But um, uh, this is a soggy set of numbers, all in all. Yeah, and we also have jobless claims, right, Tom? And they climbed a little bit less than forecast. I wonder whether, you know, you had a great interview yesterday with uh, James Bullard and uh, that, and we also heard another official, you know, coming hot on the wheels of Janet Yellen saying they have to revise downwards so there are increases for, yeah. uh, possible increases for rate hikes. So, so people are even more nervous when they look at data now. Yeah, oil off 85 cents. Uh, this is my most eagerly awaited interview of the day and someone that Francie knows oh so well. Brendan Brown is with Mitsubishi UFJ, but that barely describes how he has thought about his Europe and his United uh, uh, Kingdom. It has been a tumultuous weekend. Uh, Dr. Brown, I, I just can say um, I, I'm thrilled uh, to speak to you this morning, as I know Francine is. It, it is. Is the tragedy of Brussels something that can coalesce Europe towards a greater United States of Europe? No, I fear it's going to be very much the opposite effect. Um, it's going to give more um, support to those who fear the consequences of immigration, um, uh, and, and that's going to increase most likely the forces which would um, pull Europe apart. Do you think that we're, we're at that point yet, Brendan? I know that we there, there's a lot of news media organizations saying that this is the end of Schengen, this is you know another test for Europe, which mean may be the final straw. But really, are are, are we there? Or is it you know we always find resolve in Europe, sure at the 25th hour, but we find it. Well, I think this is a very slow-moving process, and we've got two big elections next year in France and Germany, and a lot of what we see playing out now, and of course the Brexit referendum, 
is is going in in, in slow time. But um, we've seen from local election results in Germany the way the pendulum is is shifting, and I, I think we we do have to look at the likelihood of a of a post Merkel era and and the unknown as to what that will represent. Uh, Tom, we've just heard from our Chancellor here in the UK, George Osborne, uh, talking, uh, really being grilled by lawmakers, saying he plans mm. to issue a Treasury Brexit analysis by mid-April. Brendan, do, do you think that it will really be that close, as this country could be on the brink of leaving the EU? Yes, I do. The forces in that direction are, are growing. The anti-immigration, um, as, as uh, highlighted further by this week's tragic events, the anti-establishment um, movement in all countries, and um, in the UK that means anti-EU, um, and the popularity of some of the Brexit people, particularly um, Mayor, Mayor Johnson. So I, I think these are, are all pulling together in, in that direction. Brendan, review with us how the United Kingdom became part of the EU versus Denmark and others. I mean, basically... They had votes, and they were close, but they said no, right? Review what happened in the United Kingdom. Well, the U.K. entry into EU was into a very different EU from what we now, now know. It was basically at that time a, a club of six. And there's many um, uh, pundits looking at the referendum back in the mid-'70s for parallels with the referendum now, but essentially I find these parallels very unconvincing because what we're now looking at is exiting... Um, something quite different. The whole incorporation of Eastern Europe into EMU, which was really the key change in form, the metamorphosis of EU, only took place um, in the 1990s. And, and it's been that metamorphosis into uh, East European large content of EU, which of course has come or brought very much to the fore the whole immigration and free movement of labor issue. Let's come back. Brendan Brown with us, the Mitsubishi UFJ. We got a lot to talk about uh, uh, on, on, I guess, on Europe more than uh, anything. Always, always any number of topics to speak with Dr. Brown about. But certainly, after what we saw in Brussels, it's a uh, an important moment to uh, coalesce. And don't forget, EU interior ministers are meeting uh, today. It is an emergency meeting, attempting to figure out what to do across the Bloomberg as we aggregate news. Looking at the news from Belgium, I'm going to suggest it's pretty quiet. Uh, the Belgian Prime Minister moments ago rejecting the resignation of the Justice Minister, some of the emotion uh, seen uh, in that nation. Futures negative 12, Dow futures negative 87, the dollar stronger, Euro 111.62, yen 112.63. We notice oil weaker today, below 39. Well, they're 39 exactly for West Texas Intermediate. And this is Bloomberg Surveillance. Right now, um, let's get to the news with Michael Barr. Michael. Tom Francine, thank you very much. The lawyer for the chief Paris attack suspect says Salah Abdeslam is not fighting extradition to France and wants to leave Brussels as quickly as possible. But the lawyer says he's asking for a one-month delay on any transfer while he studies a larger dossier. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Moscow to discuss the Syria and Ukraine crisis. Kerry is meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Kerry also talked about Brussels and the Islamic State attack. Of every country that has an ability to make a difference to end 
this evil scourge that comes from Daesh and violent extremism. Vice President Joe Biden says Republican efforts to block a Supreme Court nominee during an election year is dangerous and is an escalation of partisanship. Biden plans to deliver his comments in a speech to be delivered today at Georgetown Law School. About 60 high school students have been treated after their crew boats capsized in high winds on the Hudson River near the city of Poughkeepsie. That's about 70 miles north of New York City. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Francine, Tom? Yeah, Michael, thanks so much. Our news this hour brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit Westchester Subaru. Dot com Futures negative 12, Dow Futures negative 89. Right now, the sports report with the Ray Katina Auto Group. Let Ray Katina show you the way to affordable luxury driving. Visit any one of their 16 beautiful showrooms in New Jersey and New York. Uh, Ray Katina. John Stashauer, please. Thanks, Tom. Probably not a coincidence. The next slide came as Kristaps Porzingis hit a bit of a rookie wall. His production was down, but last night he tied a career-high 29 points, 10 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony added 24. And the Knicks won at Chicago, 115-107, using a big third quarter, outscoring the Bulls 35-18. to So they now try to sweep the home-and-home. Home. Same two teams meet tonight at the Garden. Where last night, Rangers beat the Bruins 5-2. to Got it started with two first-period power play goals. 39 saves for Henrik Lundqvist. The Blue Shirts close in on Clinch of the playoff berth. Islanders improved their chances in that department. Now a four-point lead for a wild-card spot. They ended a four-game losing streak, a 3-1 home win over Ottawa. NCAA tournament tonight includes last year's champ Duke facing Oregon in Anaheim after Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Doubleheader in Louisville. Villanova faces Miami. Kansas takes on Maryland. After four seasons with the Giants, wide receiver Ruben Randall signed with Philadelphia, so he'll face the Giants twice. We know about retirement tours. Derek Jeter and Currently, Kobe Bryant about to start David Ortiz. There's never been a two-year-long retirement tour. Alex Rodriguez told an ESPN reporter he'll call it quits after 2017. So not until he collects every dollar of that mega Yankee contract with the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. I'm John Stashelli. Tom? John, I wouldn't want to editorialize, but um, I I don't think Ted Williams had a retirement tour. His retirement tour was two tours of duty in Korea, I believe it was. Uh, Different times, I know. Futures negative 14, Dow futures negative 110. Uh, The 10-year yield, 1.86%. They bring up the music to get me off the air. NYMEX crude, 38.90 per barrel, down 90 cents. From New York and from London, today, this is Bloomberg Surveillance. The Sports Report brought to you by Ray to Katina Auto Group. Let Ray Katina show you the way affordable luxury driving can be. Visit any one of their 16 beautiful showrooms in New York or New Jersey. Call 1-800-NEW-AUTO-GROUP or go to RayKatina.com for special offers. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association International Trade or Business Dispute Resolve Faster with the International Center for Dispute Resolution, the leader in alternative dispute resolution around the world, ICDR.org. 
Orders for durable goods fell 2.8% in February for the first time in four months, reflecting a broad-based slowdown that underscores lingering softness in U.S. capital investment. Meanwhile, filings for U.S. unemployment benefits last week rose less than economists forecast as the number of dismissals stayed consistent with a firm labor market. Futures are moving lower. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 14 points. Dow E-mini futures down 106. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 27. The DAX in Germany is down 1.5%. Ten-year Treasury of 4.30 seconds. The yield 1.86%. Yield on the two-year 0.86%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.6% or $1.03 to 38.76 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a tenth of a percent or $1.10 to 12.24.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1166. The yen won 12.44. And Yahoo investor Starboard Value nominating nine directors to the struggling web portals board which it contends has been mismanaged under Chief Executive Officer Marissa Mayer. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Francine. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Futures deteriorate negative 14 right now. It is 848 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg View. A lot of Republicans voted early for Tuesday's Arizona primary, and a lot of them were Marco Rubio supporters. In fact, 18% of the vote went to Rubio and others who had already dropped out. In most elections, I have no objection to early voting. Sure, someone who votes in the general election in mid-October may miss out on late-breaking stories, but most general election voters don't actually decide based on that kind of information. And yet, the presidential nomination process is a sequential system in which states take turns over a multi-month primary and caucus season and in which the results of previous events can change the playing field. Most notably, candidates drop out. And that's not all. The sequential system dictates that candidates and their campaigns move from one state to the next, meaning that Arizona voters who voted a month ago did so largely without experiencing much of a campaign in their own state. Basically, a sequential primary system along with significant early voting just doesn't make sense. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more View, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentary can be heard hourly weekdays. On Bloomberg Radio, Francie Lacroix in London. I'm Tom Keene in New York. Brendan Brown with us, who is an important thinker about the future of our global economics and its interdependencies. And, and Francine, right now, the divergence of some of our central banks is really front and center. Yeah, and Tom, I have to give you uh, credit. You did an amazing, outstanding interview with James Bullard, the uh, St. Louis uh, Fed John, president. John, don't let her know. Michael, it's true. Michael McKee it's true. I don't do it very I often. I was just there. Michael I know, McKee You were there. Francis, don't you, you think his head is big enough already? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't say it very often, but let's give credit when it's It was due. fun. Okay, it, it moved the dollar, and for me, this was a real game changer because I don't know what to think anymore. So, Brendan hopefully can actually give us, you know, shed a bit of light on, on what the Fed is thinking. Are we now being told too much information? Janet Yellen last week saying, look, it'll be two interest rate hikes. James Bullard now saying, look, we may see an interest rate hike as soon as in a couple of months. Well, there's clearly some conflicting views on, on the Fed. I think the big story of the first few months of this year has been a general backtracking from the, by the Fed from its program of rate hikes. And you've seen that reflected in a general pullback of a dollar, a general risk on with risk, risk um, markets rebounding and bear squeezes in many markets. So that's been the story of winter. Um, and the added wrinkle that we've, we've had an especially mild, I think, in the United States 
February and March, and so some of the economic data seems to be rebounding, but there's not much confidence that's actually telling you anything because it may be weather effects and many sub-rhythms and everything else. So the question going forward from here is, um, is the Fed actually going to speed up its rate hikes from, from having gone backwards um, because of the either inflation picture or the real economic picture? Um, and that, that will depend on the data flow. I mean, my own view is that the, the, growth, the growth picture is, is still pretty sluggish with serious downside risks, and the inflation probably will not emerge um, at this point. D does the dot plot have to go? Do you ditch it because it's been unhelpful? I think the dot plot has to go. Uh, it doesn't mean it will go, <laughs> being, you know, given the nature of monetary bureaucracies, but it may get less and less attention. Well, it may get less and less attention, but, you know, I made a joke, Brendan, to President Bullard. I said, I caught you one night back in your pickup truck under the arch and piling your Indiana University textbooks into the <laughs> Mississippi River. And, you know, that got some nice play, and it's a joke, ha, ha, ha. But come mm -hmm. on, none of this is in the textbooks um, you had at the University of London or at LSE, right? No, none of it's in the textbooks, the great monetary experiment, and um, we're, we're playing according to, to new rules. Not totally new, but it's new for the last 40 or 50 years. The last time anything like this happened was in the 1930s with Fed quantitative easing. Okay, but critically, this is important, folks. It's a Thursday before we go into a long weekend. Is our monetary experiment, Dr. Brown, a Gilbert Chem set where your parents are upstairs and know you're not going to get killed? Or is it that year, your junior year in college, where you pick up the hydrochloric acid and the professor goes, no, you better not want to do that? Which experiment is it? I think it's more like the latter, and I think it's an experiment <laughs> where, where the people running the experiment are, are claiming success far too early. I mean, one hears from past architects, whether it's Bernanke and presently Yellen, saying the experiment's very successful, but nobody can really judge the success of an experiment short of one complete business cycle. We don't know how it's all going to end up yet. But, Brendan, this is psychology, right? The, pro the problem is that the, the more negative you are, if you don't say you're unsure about the experiment, then markets latch on to that, and that, f that feeds into the economic cycle, and so that's the, the worst outcome. Yeah, agreed, but I, I think the markets are fully aware of the nature of the experiment and its, and, and its fragility, hence you're not seeing real um, strength in business spending anywhere because everyone in their dog knows this may end up badly. So the monetary uncertainty is being very counterproductive, and you see that not just in the U.S. and Germany, but also in Japan. I just got two tweets in, Francine, on Gilbert Chem sets. I'll have to explain that at another time. Uh, Brendan Brown, uh, the one we have not talked about this week is Mr. Draghi. He has a unique experiment. Of course, we've seen Axel Weber and others at UBS talk a, a more traditional line. Is Draghi listening to his nations? How alone is he in Frankfurt? I think he's very, very lonely in terms of German public opinion because he's seen as essentially having carried out a massive transfer, of, again, of German savings into um, southern Europe and particularly Italy, with the question again being whether Draghi is the central bank governor of Italy in charge of the ECB. And, and the, it's very difficult to, to get away from, from that image. And, and if you're in Germany, you certainly don't see any of the deflation Draghi's talking about. If you actually measure inflation in Germany in the same way as the U.S., taking account of house prices up 60% in the last five years, German inflation is higher than U.S.
Brendan, that's unfair, isn't it, though? I mean, I, I know the Germans view it differently to anyone else in Europe, but uh, Draghi managed to get the backing of Angela Merkel. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to put a stimulus package in the first place at all. Oh, yes, 100%. Draghi's only done what he does because of Merkel, and we saw that last year when he went to consult with Merkel before introducing QE over the top of the Bundesbank, so 100%. But, of course, this is another factor which may be uh, part of the story of the eventual fall of Chancellor Merkel when, when German public opinion comes around to realizing the enormity of what's happened. We also have to mention Japan. Brendan, you, you mentioned it very quickly. Th this is probably the biggest experiment, especially with negative rates, and they seem to have backfired so far. And I think the big question now that's being asked in Tokyo is um, the next um, Part of the experiment is going to shift to the fiscal arena, and there's high expectations that Prime Minister Abe is going to launch uh, a big fiscal stimulus, so-called, in, in um, April or May, and that really will be monetized. So we're, we're, we're moving on to a monetized um, fiscal expansion, and at what stage will that tip the yen and Japan into a high inflation experience? Brendan, one final question, uh, if we could. Uh, there's a silly allusion to April and the Fed would raise rates. They can't do that with the economic data coming in, can they? I, I can't see it, even if we, if we got some sort of inflation um, blip. Uh, yeah. and, and given what's happening in markets, it seems that they, they, they're coming off the top two. Brendan Brown, thank you for a Thursday update. Greatly appreciate it, Dr. Great. Brown, and, the Mitsubishi UFJ, and uh, just valuable. I can't say enough about the clarity of his books, uh, including a number of years ago, The Global Curse of the Federal Reserve was, that's quite a title, but The Global Curse of the Federal Reserve was actually a very thoughtful uh, treaties. I'm looking, Francine, at the headlines out of Belgium, and um, the last I looked, uh, a, a little quieter. Um, Brussels Airport is still going to be problematic, isn't it, through the weekend? I was, well, I was going to Francine there on uh, the Brussels Airport, but we'll uh, continue on here. Futures negative 13, down futures negative uh, 105. As you turn to the market after wait this morning, I would suggest oil uh, bears watching 38.72, down a dollar seven on oil. Brent crude now finally below $40 uh, the barrel. Gold uh, churning, no story there, and the dollar fractionally stronger. Francine Lacroix in London, I'm Tom Keene in New York. Another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.